Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Stephen. And this is Crimology. This is episode 17. Um, this week, we this episode is, uh, I don't know, what's, what's another word for sponsored? Not sponsored, but um, come yeah. on now. I, I got nothing for you. This, <laughs> um, is, this is all on you. <laughs> it's uh, from Netflix. Brought to you by. Brought to you by Netflix. Um, I was looking on, for some different shows to watch. I'm kind of in between shows right now so i was looking for something and then i found the cecil hotel documentary on netflix um and so after watching it i was like that's a case that's an episode um so here we are and we're just gonna jump right into it because apparently that's what i just did um so the cecil hotel documentary it talks a lot more obviously about the cecil hotel Um, But something that goes along with this documentary is that there was a missing person case. Elisa Lamb um, went missing in the Cecil Hotel. So I'm going to be talking about the disappearance of Elisa Lamb. If you want, I mean, obviously, I recommend going and watching the documentary. Um, But the documentary obviously does a deeper dive into the Cecil Hotel itself. Um, which is not really what I'm going to be focusing a whole lot of. So just wanted to throw that out there. If you've seen the Cecil Hotel and you're like, you didn't talk about this. It, anyways, just let me do my thing. <laughs> um, so it's, that's what you always say. Just let me do my thing. And how many times has that turned out bad for you? Okay. We don't <laughs> need to go onto this soapbox. <laughs> All right. So Elisa uh, Lamb was 21 years old when she went on a trip to California by, by herself. She wanted to see the world. Uh, so this was the first trip that her parents felt comfortable in letting her go on by herself. So she books a room at the Cecil hotel because it's cheap. Now a little bit about the Cecil hotel. It's set up for travelers. So they have many different floors. I don't know off the top of my head. That's something I should have figured out. But they have many different floors, and some of these floors have rooms where you share a room with three other people. So there's four of you in a room, and then there's some of them um, th- so that you share a room with four people because to make it cheaper for travelers specifically. So that's something that the Cecil Hotel specifically does um, for travelers. So quick ch- – just a quick check for you 15 floors okay on cecil hotel so, so it said go. something the documentary said something like the first couple of floors were so they ended up changing the cecil hotel into kind of ch- trying to get out of this name the hotel cecil and kind of change it into something else so the first couple of floors were that new hotel that they were trying to change into but the floors above um, were still the Cecil Hotel. So a downside of staying in a hotel is that you don't, first off, you don't know the other three people you're rooming with if you choose to have one of those kind of rooms. So that's a downside of that kind of room. You also don't have to have a background check to stay at a hotel, right? So you have all different kinds of people staying at the Cecil Um, the Cecil was also not in a good part of town. The homeless community in California in general is just ridiculous. And a big chunk of those people live in the same area 
the Cecil is at. And that's something that the documentary covers also. So a quick little fun fact for you. It's This is not even in your notes, but I'm just going off book. Um, it was the Cecil Hotel was also the inspiration for American Horror Story in season five. So, um, yeah, just a quick little. And it, it's because of right, the people yeah, that of... stay there. So, like, go, before we go in deeper into this episode, just throwing out little tidbits about the Cecil Hotel and just that it doesn't have the best backstory. So, like we said, people who tend to stay in the hotel have a bad reputation. There were several different serial killers who go out and do their business during the day and then come back and they stay the night at the Cecil Hotel. They're a frequent guest at the Cecil Hotel. So, like, the fact that a disappearance happens, like, is no surprise to anybody. So, every day of her trip... Uh, Lisa would call her family to give them an update. January 31st, 2013 was the last day her parents had heard from her. So on February 1st, she's considered a missing person and her parents um, file that. When she comes up missing, the police start working on this case and pretty fast and they split into two teams. One team goes straight to the hotel and starts interviewing people, people working there, you know, people who are staying there, getting details, while others go and look around the area that the hotel is in, because like we said, it's not a bad area. So the first kind of thing you're thinking is, is she in danger? You know, does somebody have her? Did she get mixed in, mixed up in the wrong business? So that's kind of where police's head is at at the beginning. So police at the hotel went to see the room she was staying in. Now, during her time at the Cecil, she had moved from, she had started in one of those shared rooms we talked about. So she was living with three other girls at the time. But during her time at the Cecil Hotel, she was just acting not like a bad roommate, just kind of locking the other people out of the room, not letting them in the room, just acting very weird and very bizarre and just not like someone you want in a shared room. So they ended up moving her into her own private room. Now, to me, that, me personally, that sounds like a bad roommate. You lock in your other roommates out. Right. <laughs> um. So February 1st is the f- was also the day that Eliza was supposed to, um, Elisa, sorry, was supposed to check out of the hotel. So when she doesn't come to the front desk to check out, the hotel assumes that she just up and leaves. Well, they bag up all of her stuff like you would do in any other situation. And they move it to their storage unit. She leaves all of her clothes, her computer, her passport, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, And the hotel cleans up her room, puts that stuff into storage. They said the room was messy, but not like foul play was involved. Just kind of messy. Um, Elisa posted a lot on Tumblr, kind of how people... She posted on Tumblr like people would post on Twitter, just kind of little updates throughout the day. That's how she used Tumblr. So police tried to use it to see if that could help them at all, kind of create a timeline of her day in California. 
um, maybe she met someone. Did she get into trouble? Did she start experimenting with uh, drugs? So that's kind of what they're trying to look at their at her Tumblr and find out. Um, but that didn't really give them anything to help. After interviewing some employees of the hotel, they find out that Elisa was in a part of the hotel that was not allowed for guests. So someone asked her to leave. The last employee to see her said they watched her go towards the elevator, but that's the last time they saw her. So now police go to security cameras to see what they can find. They find the moment that Elisa comes into the hotel that day, but after watching for the rest of the night, they don't ever see her leave the hotel, which means she's somewhere in the hotel. So then that's when police search the entire hotel. They're going door to door, um, searching everywhere. After the search is done, they come up with nothing. They continue to look at security cameras and they do find a clip of Eliza in the elevator. Um, Elisa, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Eliza. Elisa in the elevator and she's just acting very weird. We'll talk about the video when it comes out later. Um, but this video is kind of essentially what makes this case well known. I mean, the fact that it happened in the Cecil is also what makes this case well known. But this video in particular is what makes it. But again, like we'll talk about that later. So now we're about a week into this disappearance and we still don't really have anything. Now police bring in like dogs to pick up Elisa's scent. The dogs track the smell to a window on the fifth floor in the room. Now outside of this room leads to the emergency escape. They then make their way up to the roof of the hotel where they search and they find nothing. The day after this search happens, coincidentally, a big chunk of the detectives working on this case were pulled from it to help with a more pressing issue somewhere else. Um, So the group of detectives went from about 14 people to now only three or four. Um, So because of that, police decide to release the clip of Elisa from the elevator, that security camera footage. They decide to release it to the public to see if people like you and me could figure out what could ha- what happened or could help in any way. This video is almost four minutes long. I'm going to post it to Facebook and we'll have that in our source material and we'll link it down there so that you can check it out for yourself. I'm not going to go play by play of the four minute um, video. But I do just kind of want to talk a little bit about it if you're not going to go watch the video. People like me who get kind of freaked out. Right. (laughs) Here's your play-by-play from the video. So it starts with the doors of the elevator opening and Elisa walks into the elevator. She goes to push some buttons. And from the video, it looks like she pushes about four or five buttons, like going down in a straight line. So not, you know, you go in, press your one button and step back. She like goes in and presses. I tried to count them. The video is kind of fuzzy. So I tried to like count how many buttons she's pressed, but she goes all like in a straight line. Then she kind of backs into the corner of the elevator and she just waits. 
eight seconds go by and the doors don't shut. Now, this is the first thing that's weird because normally, you know, if I'm in an elevator, I press the floor I need to go to and then I'm pressing the closed door option. You immediately press the closed door option. Right. Even though technically that's not supposed to close the door. Right, and normally it doesn't do anything for you. But eight seconds is a long time to wait for the doors to close. Now we watch as she slowly creeps to the opening of the elevator. And then she sticks her head out and she looks to the right and left really fast. And then like pops back into the elevator. All of that happens like within a second. She like pops in and out, looks looks back and forth and then pops back in. And now... She moves slowly to the corner of the elevator where the buttons are, like she's trying to hide from somebody is kind of what this looks like. Now we're at 26 seconds and the elevator door has not closed. (laughs) Okay. Now she um, goes back up to the front of the elevator. She stands at kind of the opening of the elevator for about 10 seconds Then puts one of her feet outside, looks to the left, and then kind of does this, like, where she jumps out of the elevator, like, kind of like a hop out of the elevator. Now she's making all kinds of movements. She goes out of view of the camera to the left. She's outside of the elevator and outside of the view of the camera for about 36 seconds. You can sometimes see parts of her clothing, but not her physically. So, like, you might see a hand as she, you know she's talking with her hand or something you sometimes see like her foot or parts of her skirt or her clothing she's wearing but you don't see her all of this still all this time the door is not closing so now it's kind of looking so then she comes into view of the camera and it looks like she's talking to someone the last time we see her in this video is about the 2 minute 30 second mark But the video, like I said, it's a four-minute video. So the video continues for about another minute and a half of just elevator. This whole time, the elevator doors do not shut. Finally, the doors shut at the three-minute mark. So I think if the elevator door is not shut, you know, personally me, if if the elevator door is not shut within like five seconds, I'm getting off the elevator. I'm going to a different one. Right. Right. So, I mean, to me, I mean, of course, and maybe, you know, your brain acts differently. And I mean, obviously it acts differently in certain situations, but that's just one of those things of like, why in the world would you need for, um, like, why would you wait that long on an elevator right. closed? I mean, like maybe, you know, and also it'd be interesting to know if, um, like if they actually had you know security cameras outside of the elevator they they don't that was which right i mean that would if they did right this case would be solved oh yeah then we'd have that but no but i mean i mean to me that's just like what was on the other side right that's the big question is it was she talking to somebody was she just crazy was she on something you know did she take something so that's the big question so after this video that's the last time she's mm. seen. So after police search the hotel and they come back with nothing, I, like I said, they released the video to the public just asking for help. The first thing people notice 
and you will notice too if you watch the video is the timestamp of the video is very fuzzy like you can't make out what it says at all you can see the numbers change by the second but like you couldn't tell the numbers mm. um because you're unable to see the numbers change there is a moment after the last time we see eliza in the video that the time stamp starts to jump around a little bit and when the doors actually do close the like video shows like you watch it the door's not shut and then a second later it's like a quarter of the way shut so kind of like somebody got to that and edited a little bit hmm. um so that's the first thing that people notice another detail people noticed is that there might have been another person's foot that kind of poked out of the left side of the elevator where Elisa was standing. Elisa was standing, like, she walked out to the left, so her body's kind of facing, like, her back's to the door. Mm -hmm. I'm motioning like you guys can see me. But you exit the left of the the elevator, you can imagine what your body's going to be like your body's going to face the direction you're going. The foot, I'm putting quotations around the foot, that they see is headed, is like faced in the opposite direction, if that makes any sense. So you can argue that that's Elisa's foot, but her foot would have to be bent like in a 180 degree is what I'm trying to say, if that makes any sense and if you can visualize that in your head. So... The timestamp's jumping around, and then now you've got this mysterious foot that may be Elisa's foot. A mysterious foot. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so this is all that the public come up with. So, like I said, you've got these questions. Was she on drugs? Is this a paranormal? Was there someone outside the elevator this whole time keeping it there from her? Many questions are coming up. Now we're about two weeks into this disappearance and guests start complaining about the water pressure in their room, that the water is coming out like kind of a shade of brown and it's just not tasting right and the water pressure is down. So the manager sends her maintenance man to go look at it. He checks out different floors on different room or on different floors to see what's going on and then his mate makes his way up to the roof to check the water tanks to see if there's a clogged pipe. When he opens one of the water tanks, he finds Elisa Lamb's body floating in the water. Her body is found now on February 19th, 2013. She was unclothed, but her clothes were found at the bottom of the tank. So, of course, now people are thinking murder or suicide. Before we make these assumptions about, um, before we make any kind of assumptions, let me describe the two different ways you can get to the roof. One way, naturally, is to use the emergency exit doors. But when you do this, we all know an alarm goes off. Not only does an alarm go off, like above that specific door, an alarm goes off in the lobby downstairs where the manager was. So, if Elisa just walks through the emergency exit door, like, somebody would notice. The second way to get up to the roof, 
was to use the fire escape. So you would have to climb out of the window, use the fire escape, and then when you get to the water tank, you'd have to climb up about a 10-foot ladder, and then you'd have to lift the 10-pound tank door and then climb in. So if someone did kill her, they'd have to kill her up on the roof. So you'd have to, because in your mind, you're dead weight, right? You'd have to, if you were to kill her in the hotel, you'd then have to drag her out of a window, up a fire escape, and then drag her up a 10-foot ladder and then throw her in this water tank, which just seems excessive. So that's kind of why murder is kind of like a, ugh, Now, you do have that option of somebody did take her up to the roof, and then all the worst they had to do was climb that 10-foot ladder and then throw her in the water tank. But then it doesn't... Why is she unclothed? Why is she naked? Why is her clothes still in there? I mean, I guess get rid of the clothes, you put it in there with her. But we go back. First off, the police brought the dogs to follow her scent. They did follow it to a window that had a fire escape, right? Right. So you have that. Um, My next. So like. Eek. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's at least, you know, and I know you'll, you'll get into some other stuff here, but going just off the whole either murder or I mean, you really haven't talked about it yet, but suicide like to me that's kind of making the most sense right now right so when the body was brought out of the tank an autopsy was done where there was no signs of foul play to the outside of the body a toxicology test was done came back clean saying there was nothing in her system that would have led to her death um so then you would think that kind of rules out murder and suicide right and that's what makes this case so crazy. Her death was ended up being ruled an accidental drowning. Um, she was diagnosed bipolar. So she was taking pills for that. Um, I am not well educated with the diagnosis of bipolar to give any kind of opinion on that. <laughs> um But there was a lot of people online and even some people in the documentary who made a comment saying, oh, if she's bipolar, like, this could definitely be suicide. Um, I don't want to say that in my words because, again, I, you know, I'm not familiar with bipolar disorder. So I don't, like, I can't really, We're not going to talk about something we don't know. Right. So. matter too. Throwing that out there, if you do know more than me and you think that might be a, a factor to put in there. Um, so, I don't know. This case is just one of those that, I mean, you've got the elevator and you've got either somebody's holding that elevator, somebody's outside the door holding an elevator closed, or you have an employee. Again, I don't know how elevators work. But if there's an employee who is somewhere in the, like, elevator room (laughs) controlling the elevator that way, you know, like, 
holding it manually from somewhere else. And maybe this is a whole bunch of a group of people situation, but I don't know. Yeah, so looking, of course, I had to go look at this online. So I looked on, on Google Maps and like, like I said, I mean, it's, it's, you know, minimum 15 stories tall. Right. So, I mean, even if she's, you know, it was on, if she was on the fifth floor or wherever she was, that's still, you've got, that's some 10 floors to climb. Yeah. And even on that, like, and the water tanks, I mean, obviously this is, this is one of the kind of taller buildings around in its area because mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. And so like, I mean, you could, I'm not going to say easily, but you could, I mean, make it all the way up to those water tanks and no one really see you. Right. So it's, I mean, I mean, of course I'm not going to, I'm not ruling out one thing or the other. I'm just stating the facts that I have in front of me. <laughs> but so, I mean, I'm, it's, yeah. And kind of like, kind of like what you had just said was, you know, not really going to talk about you know, if, if she was, you know, had that, um, if she was diagnosed with being bipolar, we're not going to talk about that because we don't know the first right. thing. I mean, that's just something we're not going to get into. But, I mean, if, if it is something like that and, you know, something, you know, medications got switched or, or whatever, something got combined with something and she ended up there, it's, I mean, it's it's pretty weird that, her clothes were off, but they were still at the bottom right. of the tank. Right. That's the that's the one weird thing to me. Which I guess, you know, if you're worried about evidence, I mean, we see people, you know, throw away any kind of evidence. So that might be, you know, what their thought process was, was throw the clothes in there in case if I'm saying this as if somebody else is involved, you know. Um, what I will say about her bipolar is i feel like if that would have been a factor to her death it would have been what her death was ruled as her death was ruled as an accidental drowning and nothing to do with bipolar so i'm taking that as her condition had nothing to do with her death um but i you go back to the dogs and the dogs found her scent to the fire escape. Right. But then police went up there and they searched and they didn't find anything. So then you've got this, where was she? Her, you know, she goes missing on the first. She's found at the 19th. It's a long time. That's almost, that's almost three weeks. That's yeah. That's pretty crazy. So this is one of those cases that, I mean, 2013, it's almost, how long ago was that? It'll be eight years. Eight oh, years. Um, math is not my strong suit, if you don't know. Um, so, I mean, it's still... So, anyways, watch the documentary, and it is a lot more generated about the CISA Hotel, and it does go into a lot more details of the hotel in general and the history of the hotel. Um, but I didn't realize that there was a whole missing persons case associated with it. And there's also... and And maybe we can... Maybe this might be a future episode, but you know, reading on some of the, on some of those things on online on it, of uh, there was multiple, and I think you mentioned it too. Of there was multiple serial serial killers 
that who stayed, stayed there the night there. Yeah. Yeah. So that might just turn itself into an episode for us. The there's an interview with the manager at the time um, at the Caesar Hotel, and she said that when she got the job, that like one of her maintenance men was kind of like taking her on a tour, and it turned into like someone's died in that room somebody's died in that room somebody's died in that room and she's like is there a room somebody hasn't died in i would be like okay i'm going to uh put my two weeks notice in and see you later so that was the cisa hotel was this kind of Golly. so when somebody goes missing you're kind of just like huh, well that's the cecil for you um but yes highly recommend i mean if you like that sort of thing on Netflix, it was a really good documentary. It's not like Steven said, he, he's like, I probably will watch it. It's not scary, spooky. It's like I said, it's more history of um, right. the hotel, but I do recommend it. Um, I do recommend you go watch the video of Elisa in the elevator just to get that for yourself. Um, but that is the case of Elisa Lamb. So after all of that, we're going to take a hot second to talk about our sponsor and come back with our floor demand minute. All right. Now we're going to do our floor demand minute. This is where we take the words Florida man and we Google it along with a random date. And then I sit back and I just laugh at the article that Stephen finds. All right, Sam. So as always, I have a question. If you were going to jail, oh great, here we go, and you were trying to hide something, okay, okay, where would you try to hide it at? Oh, interesting, interesting. Is it big? Is it small? Um, we'll say, hmm. Give give me a give me both way. Give so give me a if it was something small, where would you try to hide it? I'm really making you think on this one. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of hair, so that's like an option is if maybe I could put my hair up and hide it in a bun. Okay. That's an option. I've other got I've got different body parts that we can hide it under. Um so yeah, but probably my hair. I've got enough of that that it could hide. So you do like a like a bun type of thing. A giant bun. To hide whatever you're right. hiding. Okay. So um, November 20th, 2019. Um, so this is, uh, in St. Petersburg, Clearwater area in Florida. Headline goes this way. Florida man had meth, and this is in quotes, wedged deep within belly button. Whoa. So a Florida man was arrested Saturday after allegedly hiding his meth stash in a peculiar place, his belly button. Martin Skelly, uh, he's a 41-year-old man from St. Petersburg, was taken into custody after uh, investigators caught him with a with drug paraphernalia, basically, at a McDonald's. Uh, well, that, don't they always? <laughs> and then they took him on, uh, took him in on uh, methamphetamine possession. Uh, before he was transported for booking, as authorities always do, they asked him if he had any other contraband in his possession and, of course, warned him that he could face additional charges if any anything illegal was discovered while he was um, in jail. So, obviously, so 
Skelly obviously denied having anything, but during intake at Pinellas County, <laughs> the sheriff's deputy discovered, and this is in quotes, a small bag of crystal powder substance wed- wedged deep within his belly button cavity. So wow. they tested it, and of course it came back positive for methamphetamine. So to also give a little bit of picture, Skelly is a 380-pound, nine man. So he's he's a rather large fella, but the uh, uh, he he reportedly told an officer after the drugs were found that he was in quotes was just being dumb and not thinking. This has made me do a deep dive on belly buttons. Oh gosh! The average belly button length is one to two centimeters. Um, it is not dangerous for you to put your finger in your belly button but sometimes if you put your finger steven just did it if you put your finger in your belly button it stim it like triggers your spine to tell your bladder that it's time for you to go to the bathroom how wild is that interesting and then it says that your belly button can change like how deep it is depending on how much wow glunk you got going on in there huh deep dives on belly buttons you didn't know you were getting this today the more you know (laughs) wow so to wrap up skelly was initially arrested for possession oh no you're fine (laughs) that needed to be said uh so he was initially arrested for possession of methamphetamine but after more drugs were found inside his belly button inside he was hit with an additional two felony charges oh, for introducing yeah. contraband into a correctional facility and narcotics possession this is going to be a new trend where you try to see what you can stick in your belly button i would have never thought belly button go for the belly button i would have never thought oh no i mean but hey if I'm telling you, wow. and you know, we talked about this last week on DB Cooper, Florida men, they're, they're getting smart. Uh, that's so smart. I think after, after our blonde wig bicycle rider, the last two weeks have been, you know, they didn't make the right decision overall, but man, they made some. Sm- I mean, I guess you go smart through, plays. I was thinking TSA has TSA ever been around my belly button but i guess you go through those kind of detectors that scan your body or do something that can yes test that but that's what i was thinking when i you know we we used to watch um live pd and so when we watch that you see a lot of people getting pat down or something mm-hmm. i guess we need to start adding to te- to pat around the belly button I don't think I've ever seen a policeman pat someone's belly button down. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I just don't notice it. I am fascinated by this. Pretty interesting. Wow. So, yeah, that's... Good job. This was a good one. That's Yeah, I felt like I was off the last couple of weeks, but I think I've brought it back home. That has definitely made up for it. This and, was a good one. Oh, so you do admit they were bad. Great. No, 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 um, no. <laughs> I did realize saying that, that it sounded bad, yeah. but no. Yeah. I so, always love Florida, man. Yeah, I know you do. The high, it's the highlight of my week <laughs> but no so backstory of course we're actually recording we've recorded uh mm-hmm. db cooper yesterday mm-hmm. and now we're recording this one so uh, uh, sam is almost always over at my house 
so this is just like any other normal night right but we've we've livened it up in back-to-back episodes of recording episodes so because steven's going on vacation to florida that's right i'm so... I'm, I'm going in this is this is me going uh so maybe on, something on will happen when he's over there that he can do a live on the scene May- Florida man maybe minute. i can just be a florida man no i'm just kidding i'm not gonna do that <laughs> um next week it'll be a an article about steven <laughs> um but yay, that was, what's this episode? What episode was 17. this? 17. Um, like I said, I recommend you go watch the documentary, The Cecil Hotel on Netflix. I recommend you go watch that YouTube video. We'll have it linked on our Facebook page under our source material. Go watch that. Check it out. Like always, thank you guys so much for listening. This episode, I mean, every episode, I've had so much fun. But this episode, I guess, after watching the documentary, like it was just fun to be able to research it again and dive into this case again. So we're still having so much fun. And obviously our deep dive into belly buttons, we're having a lot of fun. Um, If you enjoy belly buttons, (laughs) give us five stars on Apple. Um, Share with your friends. Um, If you have any other case ideas that you want us to cover you can give us an email or you could swipe up on any social media platforms we have we're at social media at crimeology pod our email is crimeologypod at gmail.com and like i always say on our facebook page each monday we post our our source materials that we have from there and then we post um, just general pictures uh, about each case that we cover so thank you guys so 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 much and like always this is sam this is steven and this is chronology